So I have a sign that hangs in my house that displays a quote from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. I know you have heard this phrase before. It's the phrase, not all who wander are lost. And I think I love that quote so much because I grew up in a home where much was expected of me. There were proper and improper ways to act and to speak and to relate to others. Getting A's in school was the only expectation. Emotions were to be kept to oneself. There was a place for everything and everything in its place. And if your stuff wasn't in the place that it was supposed to be, it was not uncommon that it would get thrown out. But the truth is that I am not wired that way. Sometimes, and in some ways, I am a rule follower. But in other ways, I, uh, it, is, it is more my nature to take the road less traveled. Not all who wander are lost speaks to the part of me that doesn't believe that there is only one way of doing things, only one way to get where you need to go. So I may not be gifted in a whole lot of ways, but I do have a fairly good sense of direction. When my friends and I were teenagers, when we first got our driver's license, they would drive us someplace where I wasn't allowed to look. And then wherever we got there, we would switch drivers. And then I would have to get us home not knowing where we were. And I always could. In my own car, even now, I like to go in on roads that I have never traveled just to see where they end up because I usually know which direction I'm facing, at least. I generally know which direction I need to be going. I almost always know which way is north. Wandering is described as movement without purpose. Sometimes wandering is freeing. Sometimes wandering is fun. But there is a time and a place for wandering, isn't there? Because the truth is that while not all who wander are lost, many who wander really are. Sometimes straying off the beaten path creates new opportunities and courage and strength, and sometimes straying off the beaten path gets you lost and hurt and lonely. As the song goes, we are a people prone to wander, particularly when it comes to our faith. We wander for all kinds of reasons. Some of us wander because we like to be in control of our own lives. Some of us wander because we have already been hurt traveling this path, and so we bailed to look for a new one. Some of us wandered out of laziness and others out of anger. Some were just following a friend or a spouse or a political party and didn't even realize they had strayed off the path of faith. Some of us have wandered off the path because other things caught our attention. We followed the path of work or sports or kids or money because those were the things that demanded more of our attention. Some of us wandered intentionally. Others of us are sitting here tonight and still don't realize that we have strayed away. For the author of the song, Come Thou Fount, the story goes that he was born in the English countryside his dad having died at a young age, Robert was the breadwinner for his family as soon as he was old enough to get a job as an apprentice with a barber. As he grew up, he became deeply influenced by the Christian evangelist George Whitfield, and in 1755, Robert became a minister himself, first in the Baptist church, then in the Methodist church, later in other denominations. And while he was a preacher, he penned the words to the song, Come Thou Fount. 
But for reasons either unknown or unreported, Robert grew increasingly unhappy. And his Christian beliefs, the thing that had been his foundation for much of his life, suddenly seemed of little importance to him. Years later, still very far away from God, he found himself in a stagecoach with a young woman, and it was reported that she started to pass the time by singing. And sure enough, she started to sing, Come Thou Fount. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. I'm skipping down a little bit. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. The story goes that as she finished singing, she asked Robert what he thought of the song, and he broke down and wept, explaining that he was the one who had penned these lyrics, and he said, I would give a thousand worlds if I had them, if I could feel now as I felt then. And so I wonder tonight if any of you have ever found yourself in that place, longing for the relationship that you once had with God, or wishing that you knew how to draw closer to God. While there are certainly times that God is silent when we wish him not to be, so often I think that we blame God for abandoning us on the path before we ever stop to consider that we may have strayed from the path that leads us to God. How quick we are to assume that God must be withholding something from us instead of owning up to the possibility that we are withholding who we are from God. This is the opportunity that is before us as we begin our journey through Lent tonight. By recognizing, owning, facing, and repenting of the sin that comes between us and God. This is our chance to recognize that we are prone to wander away from all that God is and all that God has for us. It is our chance to name the things that separate us from God, the things that have captured our attention and our hearts in the place of God, the things that we have loved more than we have loved God. It's a chance for us to come back to the God who never left us, the God who longs for us to choose him over all of the other paths that we have wandered down, looking for meaning and hope and wholeness. You know, there are a handful of verses that are typically read on Ash Wednesday. Psalm 51, which we just read earlier, that's usually one of them. Last year I preached from a passage from the prophet Joel about God calling his people to return to him. There are maybe one or two more that are typically used. But I was telling Sam a couple of weeks ago that I came across this verse that I know I have read before, but I don't particularly remember it. It is a verse that has absolutely nothing to do with Ash Wednesday, and it's probably never been preached on this night. But I kept coming back to it. It comes from the book of Deuteronomy, and the Israelites have already left slavery behind in Egypt, and they have been wandering through the desert for roughly 38 years or so. An entire generation of wanderers has already died off. And so Moses is dealing with part of a brand new generation, the children of the exile generation. And so Moses, through Moses, God has something to say 
to this generation who were born into wandering. This is what God says in Deuteronomy 2.3. He says, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. You have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. Such a silly thing to capture my attention, isn't it? But I wonder if there are people here tonight who may need to hear that sentiment. You have circled the mountain long enough. Now turn north. Or whatever you've been circling. Whatever path you have been circling that has led you away from God. You have circled selfishness long enough. Now turn north or turn to God. You've been circling addiction long enough. Now turn to God. You've been circling anger, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness long enough. Now turn to God. You've been circling those things that you have been hiding from God, from your family, even from yourself, long enough. Now turn to God. Because the truth is that circling the mountain, whatever your mountain is, it is exhausting. And it is not how we are meant to live. Aren't you tired? Tired of chasing the wrong path, tired of the lies, tired of hiding, tired of running, tired of trying to figure out how to do this all on your own, tired of spinning these plates all by yourself? Aren't you tired of wondering if this is all that there is? Tired of wasting days as if we are promised more? Aren't you tired of drinking or eating or working to numb whatever it is that you don't want to deal with? Aren't you tired of fighting with your spouse or not talking to your kids or holding that grudge against your brother? The lying, the cheating, the doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, the ego, the pride, the lie that you've got this. Aren't you tired of circling the mountain? Well, maybe it's time to give up. Maybe it's time to stop circling the mountain and turn to God. And thankfully, that is the invitation that is before you tonight. God invites you to turn and to return to him. To begin this season of Lent by coming forward to put ashes on your head in the sign of the cross, the same symbol that was placed on many of our bodies with water at the time of our baptism. A reminder that even though these ashes remind us of death, we know that Easter is coming and that it is only in our acknowledgement of our need for a Savior that we are able to participate in the Easter celebration. We don't receive these ashes tonight solely to mark ourselves as sinful people, but also as a reminder that we have made the decision to turn back to God. It's not just a moment of depravity, it is a reminder that a new journey has begun. This night is not about all that we are not, but about all that God is. In his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, Henry Nouwen says, For most of my life I have struggled to find God, to know God, to love God. I have tried hard to follow the guidelines of the spiritual life. Pray always, work for others, read the scriptures, and to avoid the many temptations to dissipate myself. I have failed many times, but always tried again, even when I was close to despair. He says, Now I wonder whether I have sufficiently realized that during all this time, God has been trying to find me, to know me, to love me. The question is not how am I to find God, but how am I to let myself be found by him? 
The question is not how am I to know God, but how am I to let myself be known by God? And finally, he says, the question is not how am I to love God, but how am I to let myself be loved by God? God is looking into the distance for me, trying to find me and longing to bring me home. Do you hear that? This night, God is looking into the distance for you. He is trying to find you. He is searching for all of our wandering hearts this night because he longs to bring us home. And so tonight, we admit all that we are and all that we are not. Tonight, we acknowledge our need for a Savior, not for the sake of religion and not for the sake of ritual, but for the purpose of relationship. So tonight, we stop circling the mountain and we turn to God once again. Let's pray. God, sometimes I think when we read the Old Testament scriptures about the Israelites who wandered in the desert for 40 years, it's difficult for us to relate to the physicality of that. But God, I'm so grateful for this reminder tonight that after generations of wandering, there was a point at which you said you circled long enough and you gave them direction, which gave them hope, which reminded them that you were with them. And God, I know that that is something that many of us can relate to this night. Whatever it is that is our mountain tonight, whatever it is that we have been circling around and around and around, would you help us to hear you call us to stop, to stop circling the mountain and to turn to you. God, this night is an opportunity to return to all that you are and to all that you have for us. And so God, may we be honest this night. God, help us to turn back to you. We are grateful that you are there today.